0: everybody, to episode 120 of Rain Delay Radio, a baseball podcast. My name is Lewis, and today we are going to break down a lot of the news of the week, a surprising amount for a random week in the middle of April. And then near the end of the episode, we are going to sit down and talk about MLB The Show 2023, as well as reminisce about some of our favorite baseball video games that, hey, maybe you want to go back and
1: try out
0: sometime. Uh, Joining me today for both uh, the intro here and this trip down memory lane, and reviewing a very, very modern game, we've got Pat. How are you doing today, Pat?
2: Hey, man, I'm doing great. I'm... uh enjoying the new cat dad life um me and my girlfriend got a new uh baby kitten last week and uh he's been a ton of fun to deal with his name's grogu which <laughs> is uh baby yoda for those that watch the mandalorian or don't watch it rather uh, he's currently snuggled uh around my mic currently on the desk because <laughs> he's that small so oh, we're, having a, the- we're having a good
0: time so my brain just figured out why earlier in our chat you randomly said Grogu says hi. I, I was yeah. very confused. He, he was, run, I, I he I was I across. Forever.
2: No, he was running across the keyboard.
0: Oh, that's why you put seven six five 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 five. Okay, okay, yep. that, that makes sense. <laughs> and uh, also joining today is Dylan. Dylan, it's been a while. How have you been?
3: thank you good i've been good i've just been i've been very busy the last few weeks i've had some career change stuff and just getting that all my ducks in a row but excited to watch baseball talk about baseball get back into it and glad to talk with y'all and live vicariously through cat or through pat and his young kitten
2: (laughs) (laughs) i love he's fun fun to live uh live through he's excited yeah
0: yeah, well, I, I am excited for a number of reasons. I'm going to jump ahead on the outline. I'm next next uh, week, in a couple weeks here, so uh, I live quite a ways outside of the Twin Cities. But um, my big news for the week is I have my final, final to uh, earn my master's degree on Friday. And to celebrate uh, the next weekend, my wife and I are going... Into the City is going to catch a Twins game, and uh, I am excited to go, and also excited to get in line and buy a beer in the 8th inning, because that's
2: okay now. Oh, oh, uh, we can do that. Don't right. tell that. He won't be happy. I won't be driving.
0: <laughs> that's the important thing. That's the smart thing to do. Because the people who were driving after buying weren't exactly just buying one in the 7th and sobering mm, up anyways, because no, it was not. all
3: security that's... theater.
0: Um, Yeah. Uh, So that's uh, that's uh, my my life Uh, news and uh, just throwing in that random little bit here of uh, stadium news and put my opinion there. But hey, there is some actual baseball news. Obviously, we are in April. We are well into the season here. We are underway games every day. And the Rays win streak ended at 13 after beating uh, a bunch of teams that, well, no longer just have losing records. Uh, many of them do, but the Red Sox are five hundred now. So uh, <laughs> yeah, the
3: a bunch of quote baseball teams. Yes,
0: right. Uh, the Rays' win streak ended at thirteen with a six-three loss to Toronto Friday night. They also lost Saturday, but they did uh, come back today, Sunday, and uh, had quite a a good game um, to turn it around. I don't think they're going to be quite like the uh what was it the 87 brewers who went on like a 3 and 16 streak after uh their win streak <laughs> ended something crazy like that.
3: Yeah, I don't even know if they made the playoffs. They they it's, didn't like the rays were the other one and they yeah, the playoffs but they were kind of like fine, you know, they were like yeah. pretty uninspiring and then the brewers just straight up missed the playoffs.
0: Now, to be fair, I think they they still won like 91 games. This was just pre-wild card era, so like. Mm-hmm you know, if the Rays disappoint the rest of the season and only win 91, they're going to be in the playoffs. So oh, yeah.
2: they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be fine. And, that t- team is t- so loaded uh, with prospects and players coming up from the minors anyways. That... Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so with this, you know, they're 13 and, or 14 and two right now coming into Monday, release day here. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on this team? I don't, Think this is? Obviously, this is not a sustainable pace by any stretch of the imagination. Um, And they did beat up on some easy teams, but um, there's no other team in baseball that has gone 13 and 0 against all the losing teams they've played so far. So,
2: (laughs) yeah. So I called them mid my preseason predictions. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to admit I was wrong. I, I just the hitting is ridiculous with this team right now. Like Franco, um, Randy, uh, Brandon Lau, they're all just hitting insane right now. And the pitching just continues to, to be deep. You know, even though they've lost Jeffrey Springs for a bit now, um, you know, you still got McClanahan. You got Taj Bradley who came up and looked pretty decent. Um, you know, you've got a solid rotation there. And it's just a bullpen that, it seems like they piece together every year, but somehow it always ends up being top 10 in baseball. So, and they still got guys coming up from the minors too. You know, Curtis Mead still hasn't been called up. Uh, I, I, I honestly can see them taking the AL East this year.
3: Yeah. I think like you, I was not like super high on them either. Like, I mean, I, I was always hesitant. Cause like, you can look at the talent and be like i don't really see it and then like but you know they're gonna sleepwalk to high 80s right. at least right like that's just how they function but the i think the x factors here is that they went from a team with a ton of debt like they're always gonna have more depth than everyone else right yep. that's how they build these teams but like wander actually hitting the way he is is like super meaningful for a team like that mm-hmm. right to have one guy who's like Wander looks like he's taking the star step that we've expected from him. And, yeah. You know, injuries have slowed that and whatever. But he is, I think, in the first week or two of the season, there was a tweet of, like, his barrel rate. And, like, that was kind of, you know, talking about, like, launch angle and things like that. He was kind of struggling, you know, like getting the ball in the air, despite the fact he hits the ball hard since he was a rookie. but his barrel rate has basically jumped like 10 times, you know, he was like a two, 3% guy. And I was like a 20% guy, you know? And so he's, he's barreling the ball like crazy, you know? And Randy is doing great. I I still don't know. Like it's tough. The teams they played are like the biggest selection of just like crap tanking teams possible. Like, like, I think this year the bottom three or four is about as bad as we can ask for. Like, I think these might be sub sixty win teams, multiple sub sixty win teams, which we don't have too often. You know, like get a couple around fifty. Um, particularly with how bad the Tigers have looked, you know, in their start and stuff like that. So the Tiger kind of depends. I we'll get to that. Right. I mean, the we'll A's, the them, a's but... are yeah, the A's are just obvious, you know, but. You know, the Tigers, at least I think the A's have more depth than the Tigers somehow. But that's a different, you know, they're all pretty bad, I think, is the point. Right. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I so I I don't want to give them too much credit because, like, I think the team was 14 and two, you know, in August. Like, you know, the Braves have done this, right? Where they are 500 for half the year. And then there's like, wait, they just won 16 out of the last 20 and they're winning the division. Like these kinds of things happen. But to, like, start a season like that feels so much better. You know what I mean? And, you like, know, it, um, this is
0: the thing that gets me. Like, it's not just that they were winning. Yeah, I got it. They yeah. have a... Oh, they're beating the crap. They have a 70... <laughs> their run differential right now... It's insane. 72. 72 more runs scored than give it up.
4: That's so messed I up. Just,
0: I, I can't even comprehend that. The next closest... Hold on, let me double check because this isn't updated for today's game, so it might not even be the case anymore. Yeah, the next closest is the Brewers with twenty eight. We dropped from seventy two to twenty eight. Um,
2: it's it, almost it's, a fifty plus run differential there between the two, and it's been
0: it's been
3: two weeks, two weeks.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> like absolutely insane.
2: Uh, how and like I think, I think we forget mentioning Wander franco he's only 22 yeah and he's doing this now already
3: yeah all right so and they got a lot they got so many guys like i mean uh uh, pat hit on it real quick but you know curtis Mead's there kyle manzardo is like a fuck or is like a freak well they've been torturing he's gonna play first base yeah so they still have like so many dudes like i me and uh like a few others that I know, like we love Adal Bruhan as a prospect. Oh, yeah. Like he is he is like hitting the ball really well right now. Like they have so many young guys, even if they're in kind of utility roles, right? Taylor Walls is hitting really good. Yep. So it's like how many of these guys are legit? I don't know. If only a couple of them are, that's pretty fine. Because like they have so many guys. And if a couple of them pan out, Josh Lowe has been way better this year, has made some swing tweaks and has been great. You know, like, is that going to sustain itself? I don't know. But a lot of teams would probably like to have Josh Lowe. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of the X factor of them is that they have so much growth potential on like a really steady foundation. And that's such a amazing formula. You know,
0: I will we'll say this. They have a lot of arms on the IL right now. Glass now yes. injured. Eflin injured. Springs injured. Sean Armstrong injured. Kittredge injured. Thompson injured, White injured, like they they might yeah. be in for a little bit of a rough patch here, while they they come back from uh, from some of these injuries. But I it, they're the right. They race, just feel right? like a team that'll
2: weather it and be fine. Right. They always yeah. do. Uh,
3: the the Springs one is definitely. I, I don't know if that was definitely. This past week, right? Was that injury? So I think that one is probably the biggest injury yeah. by a country mile just because, you know, we've talked about him before when we're talking about the team preview and stuff, just how shockingly great he's been over the last year. And he was doing that in, you know, t- times two, you know, basically this to start this year. And so, um, when you take off the top, and if you're calling Jeffrey Springs a star, you know, which is uh maybe not irrational at this point, but losing guys like that do- will hurt, it's just a matter of what their response is, you know, in the coming weeks, and if if Bradley can be that guy or whoever it might be. So, um, I'm I mean, it's a fascinating team, I think. I think, like y'all said, it's we don't have to declare them the world series favorite right now, I don't think that's smart. No, no. definitely but not, it's too early, I think. But I think I think we're safe enough to say if you if you can beat up on teams that bad, I don't care how bad they are, because if right. you're beating up on them that bad. You're you're a good team. Yeah, like it's a major. League I, team. I don't know if I don't know if you're winning the World Series because of it, but you are a playoff team if you're beating teams by 70 runs in two weeks, <laughs> you know, like straight up. I oh, wish right. I knew what that
2: was like right now. All right. <laughs> right, that would
0: that be? I mean, my team's doing just fine, uh, and it must be, ice, nice. ice, right? like, <laughs> must be nice, uh, right? Like must be nice. All right, we can get to your moaning later. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, so just moving punted, moving yeah. from the team that has come out to a surprising hot start and is well worth talking about, let's move on to a player who has maybe finally arrived. Uh Jared Kelnick, is he good now? Uh Dylan, you is were you were good. listing some stats here for his start to the season.
3: Yeah, I mean, so entering Sunday, he has a 1141 OPS. Uh if you look at his stat cast page, it is a lot of red dots, and red dots aren't everything, right? But like we're talking 94 mile an hour exit velocity, which is like really good. He has like basically he strikes out a lot. And he you know, that's, he's been that guy. right? Like, right. I don't think even a rosy view of what he, you know, a breakout for him would have been like, Oh yeah. And then he just doesn't strike out anymore. Like that wasn't going to happen. Right. Yeah. But he has been like, when he makes contact with the ball, he is just crushing the ball, you know? And that has been, that has not been anywhere close. Like there's been no suggestion over the last two years that Jerry Kellnick knows how to hit baseballs hard. He Like barely has done it. You know what I mean? And This year, he is consistently making just like incredibly good contact. You know, like 99, like here's the, I'll run down the stat cast. 99th percentile expected slugging, 94th uh, percentile expected batting average, his 94th, um, 94 mile an hour exit velocity, his 91st percentile. So we're talking like. You know, these are guys like Acuna and Buxton and, you know, like hard hitters, you know, that are like he's like with, and he's also like a really good athlete, you know, and is making like he made like a couple great plays in the field today and right field for them. And, you know, he's a weird one. Like I said, the decay rate's not great, but like he is, he is killing the ball. And it might be a sense of like, okay, even if he falls back a little bit, this is like a major league dude, you know, and I think a lot of people would really like to see that. And um, I'm really, it's been really, really exciting. That's why I wanted to talk about it.
0: Yeah, he just needs to uh, get up from that uh, what a uh, 55 WRC plus uh, the mm-hmm. last year. Like that's that's all he needs to do, and. Like many players, uh, he appears to be stealing bases more. Exactly. Uh, he he picked up his third stolen base today. You know, you mentioned entering Sunday. Uh, that OPS, he um, it, 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 it went one for two with a walk, and uh, so his OPS went down because mm. you know wow Of course, of course, but, uh, of course, um, but oh, not. Yeah, it went down, or did it go up? I can't do that math fast
3: enough. It's it's close, it's in close, there. close yeah, enough. It's close enough. But when, he's stealing it's, bases it's... now. He
0: he stole yeah. he stole his third base today, um, which considering how hard he's been hitting the ball, um, I mean he's only been standing on first, um, fifteen times so far this season. So one out yeah. of every five times where he's ended up on first, he's stolen second.
3: Yeah. And I mean, it, it's it's yeah. a it's it's a great skill set, you know. And it's these kind of guys that we love to bet on, you know. These like power speed threats. If you just blindly took those percentile rankings, which are flawed, you know, this not doesn't tell the entire story, but it looks like someone like Ronald Acuna, you know. And I, like, what else could you ask from a guy who looked like he was basically dead in the water for two years, right. you know, and now he looks like. This is not only a viable guy, but this, he could be having the season that we wanted him to have two years ago. So I think it's it's a really exciting, especially for Mariners fans, you know, having to seeing his career start the way it did. I mean, people don't recover from that. I think that's that's one of the hard things to accept is that like people have bad starts. Good players don't start like Jared Kelnick, you know, like no. they don't like there's there's literally no precedent of a guy having as bad of an MLB start as Jared Kelnick and then becoming like a good player or living up the prospect hype. You know, like every other guy in his shoes has fallen off. You know, like Joe Adele, we still haven't heard from this year. Hopefully, maybe he can do this too. But, you know, these are the kinds of guys we're talking about that just cannot figure it out like at all. And they don't, they never do. And Jerry Kelnick, over two plus weeks, has figured something out. Whether it continues the way it is, I highly doubt it. But even if it's 60% of this, that's mm-hmm. so much of an improvement. If he's a league average hitter, that's a huge win. And the the Mariners really need
0: uh need him to to keep it up to some degree because I mean right. right now they they're starting the year five hundred. It's early, it's early. That doesn't mean much, but they're not projected to to win many. You know they they're projected at just over five hundred. Um, the Angels are doing better than expected. The Rangers. Um, looking, looking pretty good out of the gate, to be honest. Um, and the okay. the Astros are the Astros. Um, yes, they will get to beat up on the A's a few more times than the other wildcard contenders outside of their division, but um, it, they they have some competition in the the AL West. So uh, it, it's good to good to see them jumping out like that. Good to see Kalanick making his way uh, up that way. Yeah, so um Pat, I'm gonna let you lead in on this next one. We saw some history for the first time ever. We we had we had something happen this week. We did.
1: Yeah.
2: So Luis Arias uh of Twins fame and now Marlin's legend, uh hit for the cycle, become the first Marlin to do that in history. He did it against my beloved Phillies um and just a uh game where they destroyed uh philadelphia <laughs> um man he has been off to a crazy start to the year um i haven't looked at what his average is currently i know it was like over 500 at one it's point like this week
0: 517
2: it's it's unbelievable oh what he's doing since he got traded and like he's hitting for power now too yeah which is insane and like we we kind of saw that in the WBC when he obliterated, I was yeah, when he mm-hmm. obliterated two home runs against Team USA. But like this is just different, you know. He's he looks like uh, just a completely pure hitter. And it's going to be interesting to look at this trade uh, a few years from now and how it's benefiting both the Marlins and the Twins because Pablo Lopez has been great for the Twins uh, start the year. Yeah. So this is
0: this is an interesting as a as a twins fan. I, I I can chime in. It's it's an interesting uh we'll we'll see how it plays out. Uh, Arise has one more year of team control. Um, so that is something that we need to you know consider as we're we're looking at things. Um however I, I just kinda wanna look at from a team perspective. Um from the Twins' perspective, obviously, Twins fans love Arise, like, love him so much. The biggest disappointment looking at the schedule uh, is realizing we've already played our games against the Marlins, and they are not coming to Target Field this year, but next year um, you can guarantee he will get a massive standing ovation when he is announced at Target Field, Uh, every time he's announced at Target Field next year. We we love him here, Uh, but Pablo Lopez has been the guy like he he's pitched four games. Uh, He's given up five runs in those four games. He has. Unfortunately, the he's got some DeGrom syndrome going on. The twins haven't been able to put any offense up uh, when he's on the bump. Um, Part of that might be because he's always lined up against the opposing team's ace um, he, he lost, he gave up one run against the Marlins and the twins got complete game shutout by Alcantara. Um, today he gave up two runs, one on the cheapest of, you know, short port shots. Uh, and another that was, uh, if single after a hit by pitch that might not have been a hit by pitch. I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what replay actually shows, but, uh, you know, he, he gave up two. Two runs today, and he was up against Garrett Cole, who also pitched a complete game shutout against the Twins. What the heck, Twins? Um, So I'm surprised to say this, but we're missing Arise's bat. Like, we we know Arise hits for, uh, we we knew he hit for average, but the the thing the Twins kind of knew, we can trade him. We need the pitching, which we did desperately need. And uh, Lopez has been the guy, but the hitting just hasn't been there. Uh, for the Twins so far this season. Um, with that said, I think as the weather warms up, we get guys back off the injured list. We've had a smattering of injuries to start the year. Um, I think the Twins' offense will heat up. Um, what I don't think is going to heat up is the rest of the Marlins' offense enough yeah. to make up for <laughs> yeah. it. So like Without this help. feels, this feels like... If you just look at the players, this is a win-win trade. But when yeah. you look at what these players are actually accomplishing for the team, I feel like Pablo Lopez over the next two years is going to help the Twins win more than Luis Rice is going to help the Marlins win over the next three years. Um, I just, I just feel like the Twins are in a better position to capitalize on what Lopez is doing and I mean the Marlins got their first cycle, that's great, yeah, um, but I just don't know if um trading for a rise is going to be enough, especially when they were the one trading away prospects in this trade
3: yeah um, it's 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 more of an indictment of. Miami's team building over the last right. few years, where they, I mean, obviously they've had a few hits, right? Like they traded for Sandy, they traded for Jesus Lazardo, and those are the two guys at the top of the rotation. Um, and, you know, like Jazz is fun, but like who else in that lineup scares you other than Horizon and Jazz, like on the right day, you know? Like, I mean, like Jorge Soler can hit the ball really hard, but like ever since his strange two month binge with the Braves hasn't really done anything, you know? Like most of their guys seem. Generally, I, I love John Birdie. I think John Birdie's like a great player. He's, as like, he's a fun player. As like a first guy off the bench for a championship team. But like, you know, if he's like starting every day, you know, like I. I it's, he's kind of a luxury player, you know, like you're describing Arias, right? Like Arias can't just completely lead an offense by himself. No player can. Like we right. we've talk, we talking about Mike Trout for eight, ten years,
2: you but know, he, and he, how great he, he is. Tiny. And they and can't he, do it.
3: Yeah. And they still can't do it. You know, so it's like. It still goes, you have to have like a core of guys, you know, and I don't, I don't know. And, and, I think one thing to note real quick while we're on the Marlins is that Sandy has not been 2022 Sandy yet. He's gotten beat up twice now in four Uh, starts. He threw a
0: complete game shutout against the Twins. I think he's still an ace. It's Uh, definitely not the Twins offense that's the
3: problem. He looked really good against y'all and has looked really not good against other teams. So uh, I don't know why that is or if that's meaningful in any way, but he was just flat. You know, he was like, with a bullet, the best pitcher in baseball last year, and they still struggled. And, you know, like they just, I just don't know what they got cooking next, but I'm happy. I'm happy that trade has turned out the way it has, because I was kind of dubious of Arias as like a major piece. You know, I know he's old or he's, he's not old. He's only like 25, maybe 26 now. And like, you know, the numbers have been really solid, but like, I'm always skeptical of like the, hit only guys like he basically uh, doesn't see, provide thing, any value the thing with that outside is outside of that
0: his defense Still now. his defense isn't there and that's kind of why the twins, right. like, twins fans knew we probably
3: needed to trade him like it was like a bad uh, first baseman for y'all right you know like in right. and, and if you don't if you're only hitting for average and then your average is like 320 even right where it's like you're good but like it's not like you're doing anything else but hitting 320. It's, it doesn't really add up to like a very valuable player right. you know, in we, today's age. You know? We
0: knew we had prospects coming up who could play second base. Um, yeah. Correa's obviously at short. Uh, Arise isn't a third baseman or a shortstop, really. Um, he's mm-hmm. not an outfielder, and we've got a glut of talent in, in the outfield. Anyways, yeah. so, I, I mean, he was a player without a position. Um, and the Marlins seem to have taken a we don't care about defense anyways i mean
3: yeah, i Jazz mean every single great, player is playing out of field. position what like <laughs> like literally every player on their team has played something else last year like so <laughs> yeah it's it's a strange team i i think it's a win win trade you know i don't think you can judge them too much based on the way their roster was built before they got them. objectively they've done great you know or like alariz has been a great 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 pickup and it seems like he's done meaningful things to make himself better but, you know, they need more. You know, <laughs> they, yeah. they need juice. And he's got a lot of juice and they don't have a lot of other juice, you know? So um we'll see kind of if the other the rest of the team gets better and he takes a step back, is that good enough? Or if he continues if he's just actually like, you know, an MVP type hitter now. That would be kind of crazy. But um it's been fun to watch the very least. Seeing someone with the ability that he has at that high of a level we have not seen in like a good
2: while.
0: Yeah. I, I have edited my uh baseball reference stream finder to put a rise at bats near the top of the list. Um mm-hmm. Speaking of which quick plug, if you have MLB TV and you watch on a computer and you're not using baseball reference stream finder, um, go do that right now. Look it up because it is, it is amazing. It's so nice. Um, All right, let's swing uh, a little further north in the NL East. Pat, you've got some news out of Philadelphia you wanted to talk about.
2: Yeah, we've got a a nice, you know, it hasn't been a good season to start, but there is a bright side. Uh, Bryson Stott has extended his hitting streak to 16 games. He ties Puddin' Head Jones for the longest (laughs) streak in Philly's history to start a season. Uh man, is he putting it all together. After watching him in the playoffs last year, and in particular his at-bat against Spencer Strider, when he kept fouling off pitch after pitch after pitch, and then, you know, wrote the double down the line. You now, I, I was firmly in on him having a huge breakout season this year. I didn't expect this, but man, has he been good. He's been giving me... Chase Utley vibes, and Oof. with how he approaches hitting, you know, I don't think the power will ever be anything that Utley had, but the the approach that he has is so similar to Utley. The swing is very similar to Utley's. He's very impressive to start the year. No. Yeah, he was, he was just such a pest. I was just
3: going to add, like, from last year, like, I forget, Pat, you might remind me real quick. He had, mm. like, some type of, like, tweak that he made, or, like, some, like, So,
2: it's interesting. So, this is all thanks to Gene Segura. Gene Segura Segura challenged Bryson Stott to push every at-bat to two strikes. Take two strikes in each at-bat and keep pushing. Keep hitting. And that really helped his approach. Because what he was doing before that was he was swinging first pitch and just grounding out or popping out. And then Segura challenged him take pitches... Take this approach. I want to see you do this in 10 at bats. Scott so yeah. took that approach and he was roping off hits and those at bats and he stuck with that approach that Segura gave him.
3: Yeah. And now, like, he became like a foul ball machine. Like, yeah. watching him in the playoffs, it felt like uh, Max Muncie, where it's just like yeah. the most obnoxiously good eye. You know what I mean? Like, this is actually, like, actively annoying me how good he is at, like, you know, fouling off pitches, you know? And now he's putting together, ironically, a season. I think I think he's a lot like Luis Arise, like where he's yeah. just like the contact ability is so good. I don't know if the rest is star level or anything, but like if you're that good at putting a batch of the ball, like it's really impressive. And obviously Philly has a lot of issues right now, which, you know, some of which you could have seen coming, some of which you couldn't. But, yeah, um, you know, he seems to be a real dude. And
0: just real yeah, quick, Pat, nice. well while we're talking about the Phillies, what has been going on? Like what's, what is going on <sighs> with the defending NL pennant winners?
2: It's just a lot of inconsistency. The bullpen has just been awful. Oh, the bullpen, in- that's the...
0: all you needed to say, you know, Philadelphia,
2: <laughs> Philadelphia right? Phillies uh. bullpen. bullpen. Yeah. Shocking. Awful. Um, the base running, they've been overly aggressive running the bases and have been getting thrown out. um, Some really weird lineup choices that Topper's been making. Um, Most importantly, starting Christian Pache over Brandon Marsh in some games against lefties, which Marsh has been doing a good job against lefties. Uh, There was a stat I saw the other day that Marsh was like four plate appearances away from qualifying. Had he qualified, he'd be second in the league in OPS. Uh, Mm. Marsh has been having a really good start to the year. But they've just been so inconsistent. The starters can't get through six innings. Uh, Nola does not seem to be taking the pitch clock well because um, mm-hmm. when he lets a runner on, he's he can't handle it because he feels it, it seems like he's being rushed. It's just it's been a rough start, and then you you know you're missing your your team leaders in Harper and Hoskins. Yeah, you know? it's yeah, you know,
3: and it one on one thing to, yeah. like just. It's gonna to have to be something we follow, but Trey Turner is not playing well. Like I know, I know his numbers aren't horrific or anything, but I like mean he's
2: hitting over three hundred. You know, he's he hitting over hit three hundred.
3: But like for a player that you paid three hundred million dollars, like he is, he is like really, really struggling on in in aspects of the game that you would not expect him to struggle at. You know, yeah. and obviously hitting three hundred is fine, but like, and he's fast; he'll make it work. But like, lots of ground balls, lots of weak hit. Ground balls, and those are the yeah, things that you don't love to see out of a guy who's in the first year of a mega contract. So I, you know, obviously, yeah, he's the he's not the I'm not, peak I'm not of your problems, right? But I, I'm I'm nowhere near remotely worried because I think he's just another guy who's just not quite there yet. Maybe it's he, just a he's got to get there. But it's, it's 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 strange with him considering how stupidly good he was in the WBC, uh, you yes, know, especially I mean, power he, hitting. He, he he's was so consistent,
2: like, yeah. yeah. He he's so consistent. I'm not worried. He'll figure it out. You know, it'll come. I'm not worried at all about it. Um, From the sound of things, Harper could actually beat back by the end of the month. Um, first base, right? I mean, uh, obviously, DHing to start, but yeah, (laughs) DHing. I forgot to include that in here. Harper's possibly going to be the first base in the future for the team. That's crazy. Um, It's 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 wild, but it sounds like Harper might skip a minor league rehab assignment and just start in the majors.
0: Well, he he basically skipped his minor league start to career yeah, yeah, assignment. So yeah. why not?
2: <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's swing things over to another uh, top team from last year who is seeming to struggle but has a young player off to a really good start. Um, we had to mention this otherwise uh Nime would edit himself in bringing it up. um Jordan Walker has set a cardinals record for a twelve game hit streak to start a career, and he matched Eddie Murphy Or best comedy out no uh Eddie Murphy's nineteen twelve record for a player aged twenty years or younger. Or uh, a hit streak to start a career. Now that might seem a little cherry picked, but the fact that he's only twenty and is getting a hit streak like this to begin with is is pretty impressive.
3: Yeah, he's. I think he was very high on the list of guys that we wanted to see uh, him and Volpe and you know some of these other yeah. superstar rookies and stuff. And he's probably the most exciting pure hitter of the group. And it hasn't. It's kind of been like a nonchalant maybe hitting streak you know there's nothing like too crazy going on but he he hits the ball hard you know because i think he's only hitting like 300 or 280 or you know so it's not like he's like the best start ever you know but it's like he's really solid and consistent already um you know i don't know if the defense is quite there but you know like the bat is good enough and he's he's what 20 you know it's it's yeah really exciting player and i think he's Largely shown some of the things that people wanted to see out of him very quickly. I think it's just going to be more now comfort level at the plate, comfort level in right field, and then turning more of these stung singles into like doubles and home runs. And he's a he's a really cool player.
2: Yeah, he's been been fun to like. The Cardinals have such an exciting young core that they're kind of putting together here with Ham and Gorman, and then you still got Mason Wynn coming up from the minors. Um, really. Interesting court that they got. They just need to develop some pitching, man. Yeah,
3: That's pitching all they is need. so bad. Really? I, ew, I so cannot bad. stand the Cardinals pitching staff. It's like the antithesis of what I would want to do, you know, or what oh, yeah. watch even. Like, no offense to these guys, but it's just been it's been as bad it's as bad. you could imagine. And this is a team that should be contending for a World Series hmm. with the if you think about the talent, the upper end talent, plus the young talent yep. they have in the lineup, and then none of it is in. The rotation you know and like they have a couple dudes kind of in the mix kind of in triple a double a but nothing that's going to save miles Michaelis from being a dumpster you know so they the, the oh. veterans got to figure that out but you know 20 year old hitting like this you know that's still a victory yeah
0: yeah and i'm not too worried about the cardinals i mean they have a a losing record, whoop de doo. Uh right. they got swept by the Braves and they lost <sighs> the series to the Brewers. Like they they're not losing to bad teams. Um,
2: exactly. They, oh, they lost to the Pirates too. That's uh, a the good two, point. They, Go split
0: Pirates. they split with the Pirates. And as the twins proved by splitting with the Yankees, anyone can split with anyone these days. <laughs> that uh, is that
4: is totally true. That's, that's
1: true.
0: <laughs> it works. Um, Dylan, you had another uh, rookie that you wanted to bring up here that we we didn't talk about earlier.
3: Yes, and since we're talking about Jordan Walker, I thought it was a really good time to bring up Zach Nito, Neto uh, of the Angels. He is making his debut, or he made his debut yesterday. We're recording on Sunday. His debut. At starting shortstop, I think he hit leadoff for the Angels at after forty four games of minor league baseball. He was a first round pick last season and basically got the fast track. He was hitting four forty-four in double A, rocking the five hundred <laughs> bad bit, but I think he can need a five hundred bad bit to hit four forty four. But basically just tearing the cover out of the ball in double A, the Angels, as we've talked about a billion times, just need some more ammo, you know, around their top guys and you know maybe this guy could be it like he's he's got a great leg kick a lot of leg kick guys but um it's just stunning to see someone move that quickly it's just not a very modern thing we see you know like you'll see it occasionally with pitchers like Mike Leake came up you know after being drafted basically but like when you're drafting like a 23 year old pitcher it's a lot different right because it's just like and kind of just do your thing. You know, Mike, you know, Mike Leek had his major league caliber stuff and they won. I think and,
2: Chris Sale also came up his draft year.
3: Yeah, because he was he came in as a reliever. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to kind of just kind of waltz into a major league staff, even if it's in the lower role. Um, but to do this as a hitter, we just have not seen. I think Harper, you know, we mentioned that was still like, I think, 90 or 100 games, you know, and yeah um, i think
2: he had like a full year in the minors before yeah. he actually came
3: up so it was pretty quick but like this is about as fast as we've seen since the 80s like i know dave winfield and john olerud were like immediate you know like signed contract and i'm a major leaguer but that doesn't happen you know anymore and i i wish i knew uh, i'm sure someone has it you know the fastest call-ups but this is a shocking one and um You can't say you didn't deserve it because when you're hitting like that in double a in your first full season, well, what else can you ask for? And, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think across the league, we want to see the best talent play. If you're, if you're the best shortstop in your organization, you should be on the major league roster, right? Like ideally that's how it should work, right? Like the best player should be on the major league roster. And I think it's a difficult thing you can definitely make the case that he's the best shortstop in their organization on a major league level. You know, they, they option David Fletcher who they gave a five-year contract like two years ago. So um, they're really looking for answers. This might be it. And it's just a very shocking on kind of twist of their season so far.
0: Yeah, no pressure. They had him batting lead off today, I know, which uh, like <laughs> he, he started the year. Oh, for eight here. Um, hopefully yeah. he'll turn it around. I do like the yeah, lead off <laughs> leading off. Uh, in his second major league in game in front of Trout and Otani in front of Trout and Otani at Fenway at Fenway uh-huh. like all right good well good for him all right so um uh the big bit of news that isn't necessarily news because it might not mean anything at all but uh definitely worth bringing up uh big news from you know overarching MLB this week, Uh, a Salt Lake City consortium led by the former owner of the Utah Jazz plan on pursuing a major league franchise expansion team in the coming years. They've already got some renderings of a ballpark with some smokestacks uh, in front of the mountain view um, in front of a water feature. It looks kind of cool. But Salt Lake City is making a push here. Uh, what, What do you guys think about this?
2: So if you thought the balls flying out of Denver when they first entered the league was insane, wait till you see the elevation in Salt Lake City. Uh, If this does happen, balls are going to fly out of there. It'll be a fun, fun little home run park to watch. Uh, That said, um, it seems like an odd city to put a baseball team in. You know, there's other cities I'd rather see get one before Salt Lake, like Portland, uh, Charlotte, Nashville. Um, you know, another Texas city like San Antonio. Um, I think I'd rather see those get a team before Salt Lake, heck, even Oklahoma City. I I
0: don't think Oklahoma City, but
2: I'll I'll let you uh, keep going. (laughs) I like OkC, maybe Nashville. It's, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting spot. That's it. You know, maybe baseball would probably work there. Um, but I don't see it being like a, a place that might attract stars. That's for sure. Yeah.
3: I think the only comparison point we have is the jazz and the jazz yeah. are a really interesting team. Cause they've had a lot of su- historical success for the most part, as far as being a good team, They got a great fan base there, but you know, are they willing to break the bank on stuff? And are people willing to go there, right? Like the Utah Jazz have had to kind of draft their way and trade their way to relevance in whatever eras you're talking about. Like they, they obviously sitting pretty right now because they had stars already and then I traded them and have gotten more guys. And um, that might have to be how a Utah baseball team functions too, you know, because I just realistically, unless you're a big hiker or, you know, uh, into the other parts that, utah brings which is a lot of things but not necessarily the things you think oh major league athlete gonna love it there you know um so i'm, I'm it definitely would not have been like the first place that i would have expected i would have expected vegas to just like sleepwalk to be in the first team especially in that region if we're talking about the west as kind of a region right i would have expected vegas to pop up first um and then others like nashville Um, I would have liked like like Raleigh or somewhere in North Carolina, you know, Uh, it's, it's interesting for me as a Braves fan, like nowhere in the South seems to, you know, get these opportunities despite the fact that Atlanta is like the only, you know, ballpark within like a thousand mile radius or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think, I think it'll be interesting and I, I'm, it's less of an interesting thing because it's Utah, but I think more so, um, what does expansion look like in baseball these days? Are they going to do it? What what does that look like?
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, so my thing about Salt Lake city, it would come in as one of, if not the, uh, well, in the immediate metro area, it would come in as the smallest immediate metro area. Mm -hmm. Now everyone keeps saying you got to include Provo and the surrounding area. Um, like you you do for like combined statistical areas, because mm-hmm. they're, they're still a relatively quick drive. But when you talk just the immediate metro, it would come in as the smallest metro.
3: I didn't um, even know that. Yeah.
0: And and the thing about that is, I mean, the, the current smallest is uh, the Brewers in Milwaukee.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um they draw heavily from a fandom of all of Wisconsin. Wisconsin's got just <laughs> under six million people. Utah has uh just over 3 million people like three you know um so the the wider media market I just don't see it being there also um Milwaukee kind of has a team because of Bud Selig, which yeah. I don't see Utah having that sort of push the one thing I think a lot of people forget cuz you 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 mentioned Oklahoma City um, cuz they've got they got their basketball team right Utah they've got the Jazz you look at these the thing is, um, basketball team and a hockey team, their arenas are one third the size of a baseball park, right? Like you you get 10,000 people showing up to a game. That's great attendance for, for yeah. those, those leagues. Um, right. that's not, that's not going to cut it for, yeah. for baseball. Um, and the other thing is you've got twice as many games, So something that's going to hamper baseball expansion is the fact that you don't just need a city willing to support pro sports teams. You need enough population to put butts in seats. Yeah. And a lot of seats uh, to make it relevant in the league to, to get that. And the other problem is that baseball really has a lot of these markets in general areas kind of locked up one of the reasons i think mlb has been so hesitant about the south is that the braves have such a big
1: yeah um,
0: presence and it's like well if we already have baseball fans in you know southwest carolinas well why put a team there they're already baseball fans um that is one way i would see salt lake city as being like okay maybe because it's basically a new market right yeah uh out west there's a lot of new markets out west and i'm not sure that's where san antonio it's a big enough city i think it could potentially support but you've already got a lot of texas rangers fans um a lot of houston astros fans there same reason i think austin's off the table um Jacksonville and Orlando keep being brought up. Orlando doesn't make any sense when Tampa Yeah, exists. Orlando. Um, and and Jacksonville. I just don't. I don't see it. Um, you don't I, think the I,
3: two? Yeah, you don't think the two Florida teams there have right. been massive successes financially right. for baseball?
0: So I I do think that they're going to look at I, I think Vegas, like you said, new market. Um, Montreal. I think they've got a serious push, and the big thing in Montreal is. Um, The only competition is um, with the Canadians. Um, Sorry, CFL. big competition. Sorry, CFL. The Alouettes do not really (laughs) count as major competitors for corporate ticket sales. Um, And that's the one other thing you got to keep in mind. Um, You got to worry about who's competing for corporate ticket sales. Look at the Padres. Yes, part of the reason they're spending more is because their owner is a two-time cancer survivor who realizes he can't take it with him and now is willing to spend on the team. It also helps that there is no one else in town taking corporate ticket sales. Like, you want sports tickets in San Diego? You get SDSU, or you get the Pro Padres, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's where I, I saw some people say, well, New Orleans makes more sense. It's like, no... New Orleans has a football team and a basketball team. It's not that large of a city competing with those two corporate ticket sales doesn't make sense. Um, And so, so we'll see, see how that goes. But yeah, um, I I agree. Like Salt Lake is not on my top list of expansions, especially since the lake might be dry in the next couple decades here. And,
2: you know, yeah. If you you want to talk about just just a place (laughs) to live, I would not live in Salt Lake City with the pollution coming from that lake. Absolutely not.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's you, you I couldn't I pay out me there. to live there. What, that reminds me, I need to go visit very soon before yes, that really hits. Before it's gone. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. it's, it is I, a gorgeous like area of the country.
2: Oh, yeah. Without
3: but, a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea how the climate is affecting Salt Lake City. I'm not intelligent enough about Utah to know <laughs> that stuff.
2: But uh, it, it's, it's bad. It, it doesn't. It
3: doesn't seem like like you know for many reasons the ideal situation. But I think the saving grace of this would be for any place that wants to expand, if they can get ownership that buys into hey, we are all in on this and we're not half in like a lot of current baseball teams are. I think there's enough interest in this stuff in places like Salt Lake City that it would really work. So I think the most important X factor that could possibly happen is, okay, are you starting a team so you can start a team and then start from the bottom? Or are you starting a team and then immediately like, hey, we're, we are we want to be a real presence in baseball because those mm-hmm. are two very different things. And right. you can play in both of those spaces in baseball. One of them is successful and one of them makes you like the Marlins. Where you're just you, hoping you gonna, to get lucky, you know. Are you
0: going to be a Diamondbacks jump start or a Rockies jump start? Right, right. like that's yep. uh, that's it. You, you know, you mentioned uh, teams that just aren't trying. Let's talk about that for for a little bit here. We've got some fun stuff going on in Oakland. Fun stuff um, that I, I think Pat, you you had kind of brought up that it, it might oh, be fun boy. to talk about here.
2: Yeah, so this is fun. Uh, so visiting teams. Has been unable to use the visitors' broadcast booth. Uh, sorry, broadcast booth at the uh, Coliseum uh, for like the last since last year due to a possum that has taken <laughs> residence there. They can't go into the and it's been there since last year. And they're just letting it vibe. They're literally letting it stay there. Uh, you know, A fans. Maybe change your mascot to a possum now. Dude. You know, rally behind the rally possums. Yes. It's great. Yes, I it, it,
0: it would make Nothing... sense if they were winning to have yeah. a rally possum. <laughs> but, it, just uh, I, it just doesn't seem like the thing. <laughs> now, A's fans are pushing back on this idea that they don't care about the team. Uh, Pat, you also brought this up. So I'll, I'll let yep. you kind of talk about what they're planning here.
2: Yeah, so they're going to do a reverse boycott of the team for the June 13th game uh, versus Tampa Bay. So they're going to try and sell out that game. And they're going to try and just throw like a big party and like tailgating galore and all of that. And they're going to protest against the owner the entire game. And it says they're doing this because the narrative is that A's fans don't show up. So they're going to sell out the game versus Tampa.
0: Now... I could see this being a really cool thing where they do like sell out big party, big tailgate. Everyone. I saw people coming. Oh, then you're just giving the owner money. Yeah. For one game, but if you control the narrative, that's great. I would worry about it backfiring if they do not sell out the game.
2: It's gonna it's gonna turn into uh what was it, the, the white I think it was the White Sox that the record smash night where they, they were gonna smash records. A disco demolition and that night. Ended up, yeah, disco demolition and it turned down turned into a riot. <laughs> I, I could see that modern day disco demolition night.
3: I'd be more concerned about it just falling flat and then
2: Tampa beat the that crap well. out of them in yeah, three innings and then fans well. being
3: like, ah. Oh, this is why we don't come <laughs> so yeah. like it's it's tough man and I, I feel so much for the fans there i think this is a great great opportunity to do something fun but you know will it will it work ultimately i don't know but i mean, what what do you i guess what actionable things can you do at this point how can you prove yeah. you know like hey we deserve this and you guys refuse to acknowledge we exist you know it's it's just not a a comfortable place to be as a fan of that, you know, in that region. um, You know, so I don't know. I wish them the best and I hope it, I hope it, I hope they can sell that thing out. Cause I, I especially cause they're doing a couple months, you know, maybe they can yeah. get the word out enough. Um, You know, I know we know A's fans that would love to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, So uh, fingers crossed. And obviously we're all rooting for Oakland to keep that team You know, I think we
0: absolutely am like the city of Oakland needs a a win right now. I mean, they lost the Raiders. The Warriors moved across the bay. Um, Yeah, I I feel like there's a real opportunity to be Oakland's team. Yeah. Like the Padres are San Diego's team. Um, And with the right ownership, with someone who actually cares, um, there's a lot of potential there um but you know uh cuz the thing is if if the A's move away Oakland's not getting a team back no yeah, 100% there is no owner that is going to want to move a team there because the no. giants own a lot of the rights to area around there um it, it's just not going to make sense like we talked we just finished talking about with Salt Lake City MLB does not want to split up areas that already have presence and um this is it
3: for the city of oakland um honestly for for teams and i hate the dog pile on the oakland thing too much but just just one more kind of part of this that's super frustrating i'm sure for fans and i'm you know this is definitely rubbing it in um three of the top eight ops leaders in baseball right now Were A's within the last two years or whatever? It was Matt Chapman, Sean Murphy, and Matt Olson are all in the top ten, and Marcus Simeon just hit a grand slam about ten minutes ago for the Rangers. (laughs) Oh my gosh! (laughs) It's like brutal, you know, and like why it's. And it's not like any of the guys they've gotten back, you know, Christian Pache is a Philly, you know, and like all these trades are just like, oh boy, you know, Wilderchuk can't throw can strikes. Pache back. They can take him. Oh, they them. can just actively, Please yeah, take them. You, they can. Take them back. They, they gave him away. Take them back. Well, you know, it's like it would be one thing if you're like just give them time. They're clearly cooking out something good, but there's not a lot of that right now happening, and they're kind of spinning their yeah. wheels. I like Esther Ruiz, I really do. I like some of the players on the team. Oh, he's fun. Um, but you know these are more ordinary baseball players than they are stars. You know, and so I hope, I hope the tides will turn for this team. I'm just very dubious, or <laughs> like you know, I just I'm skeptical. Yeah. Um, we'll see how it goes.
2: You know, every night I go to bed and I say, God, why couldn't you have let uh Steve Cohen buy the eggs? <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> oh my
0: goodness. Well, hey, uh Dylan, Pat, we're gonna be back in just a little bit talking about MLB the show twenty three and our other baseball video games. But for those who don't care about that, Thanks for, thanks for listening here We are going to take a quick break Thanks for hanging through the intro with us And we're going to be back in just A few seconds of your time Talking about MLB The Show 23 And our favorite baseball video games. So, stick around
2: Alright, we are back here for our uh, video game segment here baseball video games uh lewis and dylan are here with me and uh we're gonna do a quick review of mlb the show 23 um the game came out roughly three weeks ago uh both dylan and i uh pretty much played every night together (laughs) uh, with a with a group of other guys that we uh enjoy it with and i mean the game this year has been incredible um The big selling point with the show is Diamond Dynasty. Um, For those that maybe play Madden or NBA 2K, it's very similar to Ultimate Team. You put together uh, a team of different cards um, from different series. Um, So like how in Madden you would have like different versions of Tom Brady that you could play with. Um, In this game, you have different versions of, you know, uh, Frank Thomas, Ryan Howard, a whole bunch of guys that you put together on a team and then you take it into games either online or offline. There's a lot of different uh, offline options for those that don't want to play online against people. Um, The big selling point of the game this year was this is the first game where we have Derek Jeter uh, playable in Diamond Dynasty. Uh, He is, in fact, the cover athlete for the Collector's Edition. Uh, so very cool having the captain this year in the game. Uh, not only that, uh, a lot of other fun legends have joined the game. Uh, Sammy Souza, uh, Mark McGuire, David Wright, Ryan Braun, a lot of fun new players in the game. And then the big selling point is storylines, uh, which the storylines for this year cover the Negro Leagues. Uh, so you have Satchel Page in the game, uh, Bucky then You've got a lot of the Negro League players in the game, and you play through these storylines. It kind of goes through the history of this player uh, in the Negro Leagues. Yeah, the the Negro League stuff, and it's all
3: narrated from the you know um, Negro League Hall of Fame, and you know they go through all these like momentous kind of points in the Negro Leagues and these players, like you know, particularly with Sacha Page and some of the others, and it's just like. Super. It's like a. It's impressive. It's like a you know interactive museum trip. It's really really cool. Yeah. Um. And that's just totally that's totally separate from everything else that we've already experienced. And then will be the show that they've revamped and worked on. So, yep. that's been a really really nice addition. Um. And uh yeah, you know we play Diamond Dynasty a bit both offline and online. Um. Uh, we can get more into kind of how the game goes, but content wise, you know, it's been it's been a really great run of it. You can get. You know, players of all shapes and sizes and stats and, you know, everything without having to put money into it, which I really appreciate, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's a thousand different ways of you to do stuff and kind of make progress and have fun with it without, you know, busting out the credit card every time you want to do something fun. So that's what I appreciate as someone that does not like to spend too much extra money on stuff like that, especially in sports games. (laughs) But yeah, um, that's it's just it will be the show has been a great content farm you know for a while as far as you know just like there's always something new to get and it just takes hard work to get it
0: so i need yeah. to i need to cut in and admit uh i have not played the show ever any any edition uh mm. i i am here as the person you are We're selling you. this to you're, you're pitching it to me yep. and also for the nostalgia bit in yeah. a little yeah. bit here we'll get to uh, that now Dylan, what you just said is very
3: attractive to me.
0: You, you said right. this is not a pay to win or, or is it exactly? No,
3: it's not pay to can. win situation. You can't, you okay. can't, you know, you can pay for, so like every, all these sports games, like have their own currency, right? Where you pay a bunch of money, you can use that money and turn it into be the show coins. And then you can buy dairy Jeter with a million, you know, which could cost you yep. a lot of money. Like you can do that. If you, if you're just, if you like to get stuff immediately and you have a lot of money to burn, you're welcome to do that. But everything in the game is viable to attain with just playing it and understanding how it works. Like it's going to take a long time, right? I'm not saying like everything, you're not going to get, you know, the best version of Derek Jeter without, you know, slaving over the game. Right. But like, at least there's a route to that. It doesn't feel impossible to get really, really good players. And especially, um, you know, we mentioned the uh, Negro League stuff, but there's a bunch of WBC yeah. content that started oh, yeah. the game. The WBC out. content so, is my favorite stuff. You can stuff. get like Lars Newtbar, who was like a 97 out of 99 on their scale for like nothing, you know, by like basically playing for like 10 minutes. You know what I mean? So, like, so, there's a bunch of really cool things like that that made it really easy for like, if you're, say, you're, you know, a newcomer coming in, and you're just trying to kind of toy with the offline stuff. You're not a competitive player, you know, but, like, you're still going to have access to a lot of the fun things that we enjoy as people that play online or don't play online or whatever, right? It's all, it all feels attainable, which I, I can, as someone that has played a lot of sports games in the last decade, that, unfortunately, that has not always been the case.
2: So to pivot off the WBC stuff, it's exciting this year because this is really the first time that the show has been able to have players in the game that are active that have not played in the majors or the minors. So, if you enjoyed the WBC, you enjoyed watching Team Japan, well check this out. If you grind some of the program a little bit, um so there's two programs, there's the season 1 program and there's the WBC program. Now, if you grind the season 1 program and earn 250,000 XP, you can select from a boss pack uh, Muntaka Murakami Ooh. as one of your players. Um, you can earn kunsuki Kondo in the WBC program. Uh, you can earn, uh, Yamamoto in the WBC program. Uh, there is a pack that came out that has Roki Sasaki in it that, you know, you can earn and have a chance to pull him out of it. And he's like the um, best pitcher or, in the game. <laughs> he's oh, he's, disgusting. he's insane. He's disgusting. Um, or you can purchase them off the market you know the nice thing about the show market is the price of cards is not too extreme if you grind out a little bit and you know make those stubs or pull them out of a pack you know um it's really the wb stuff is really exciting there's also team affinity so what team affinity is it's 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 by division so if you want to earn progress in a division you just play with guys from that division and then as you go down that reward path you'll earn players from that reward path um so i've been grinding out the NL East team affinity and earning reese hoskins and uh ronald acuna jr and all those guys that are in that so in your shoes
3: lewis like as a twins fan you know you can get a 92 Joe Mauer by playing with a bunch of twins and stuff like that. Right. So they incentivize you, you know, you know, you can work up to these legends that you particularly appreciate more than others. Right. You know, so it's a, it's a cool I, way I of doing mean, it.
0: He is the only athlete to be on back to back covers of the show. So, that's true. Uh, you yep. know, that's, that's, that's enough for me right there. So I, I have, I have to ask, are you guys both playing on PlayStation or, or what, Council, are you on because i have been a pc gamer my whole life and i say pc gamer but i kind of mean that pretty lightly um yeah. i don't game all that much especially now yeah. with two two kids that are on the way uh, right finishing my master's but i'm about to have a month of free time before yeah. my third child is born um after i finish my master's what council are you guys playing on and from what you've heard, is it worth it that, like, which console is the best to be getting this game on? If I am looking to buy something for my family, um what should I be looking at?
2: So we're both on PS5. Yeah. Um So right now it's out on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox One X, and the Nintendo Switch. Um We recommend the PlayStation simply because there's kind of an exploit out on Xbox right now. That uh, guys are taking advantage of it can affect some online um,
3: play so i mean if yeah, this isn't part of your online equation play. then it doesn't matter but
2: it's like it's yeah. like
3: basically the same thing same things that people would use for call of duty you know to try to cheat yeah, their okay. way on that but
2: you know it and the switch just don't get it on switch, the switch version yeah, runs really switch.
3: slow and sluggish and yeah. in a game where you're kind of focused on like You know, tracking the ball and stuff that can be rough. But like, you know, if if you're a really casual player, don't let that dissuade you from buying it because I love the Switch as a console. But as as far as optimal game experience, the other two are probably preferred.
4: Yeah, it definitely definitely recommended on PlayStation.
2: That's okay. Where I've been my whole life.
0: (laughs) Now, the the one other thing I, I I have to ask. One of the big things. Way back when I was uh, in high school playing on the old PS2 uh, with the, mm-hmm. with friends, um, Road to the Show was a yeah. big deal back then. Yep. Is that still like a key feature here? It's
2: still there. It's not a key feature, okay. but it's still it's there. And <laughs> it's there. It's complicated. It's just kind of there. It's there. It's uh, no, uh, yeah, it's fun. It, it, it's fun if you enjoy that kind of uh, aspect because. It's kind of like a baseball documentary of the player that you created now. Um, As you play through those seasons, you've got someone talking about, you know, you coming up and then uh, I don't know if they still I haven't played road to the show this year. So I don't know if they still have the interviews that they had last year. And the podcasts, I don't know if they still have that or not. It's pretty it's it's um, not
3: functionally very different. There's some things like equipment matters a lot more than it used to, and some other like there's archetypes for players, right? You can be a two-way otani type now, which is fun. But um, I think I can I can share some of the negatives. Um, but one of the negatives has over the last few years has generally been that since Diamond Dynasty is the moneymaker. That other modes seem to get kind of left behind. And as someone that grew up playing franchise mode religiously in yeah. video games like these, and read, mm-hmm. you know, like I loved playing create a player on Madden 08, you know, and stuff like that, right? And you can franchise player that and whatever. And, you know, those are the modes that kind of get left behind when there's a mode that like people actually pump money into, right? Which so you understand right. why. But if you're purely like, oh, wow, I wonder how the. Amazing franchise mode is now, or wonder how amazing a road of the show is now. There are probably improvements. It's probably not as much as you think, you know, or uh, maybe you want. Um, so that's one of my criticisms that's just kind of been there. I mean, of all, all sports, sports games, games today, yeah, though. it's it's an yeah. unfortunate trend, but you know, just they don't put a ton of staffing towards something that they work on a little bit and doesn't make them extra money um but it's still fun to play I, they they got a good mode called march to october which is like a fun little like oh
4: march season mode fun.
3: if you want to think of it that way but it only makes you play like a handful of games and you know you come in in key situations and things like that so they, they have good offline uh, it's, stuff it's, too um that isn't it's involved fun to now. look at
2: the cracked out stats you get in march to october oh, yeah. like I did a Mets playthrough, and Jeff McNeil hit 400 in that playthrough. It's sick. Like you, you get like Will Myers led the league in home runs. It's insane. Like the stupid stats you get in yeah. that.
3: And the other criticism that I'll just throw out before we move on to kind of the older school video games is that it it has a lot of content. It's a lot of fun to play. It feels like uh, do I Pat? I know the answer for this for you. Are y'all familiar with like Bethesda games? So, like oh, yes. Skyrim, oh, yes. Fallout. Yes.
2: Oh, yeah. My cat deleted my 40 hour save last <laughs> Mar- night.
4: Morrowind
0: was my jam. Yeah. Uh, the, oh, that's the, a good the, one. Two, the two genres I played growing up were simulation and a lot of civilization, civ- yeah. two, three, four, yeah. Um, a lot of like Zoo Tycoon rollercoaster Coaster Tycoon, those sorts right. of games, and then Morrowind, Fallout Three, and uh, yep. Oblivion. Were, were Oblivion was great. Absolutely, uh, those lots are my of favorite hours, games of all lots time. Lots of hours in those two very specific styles right. of PC games.
3: So one of the big things, particularly on the console version, you know, I've, I've played consoles my entire life, so they don't run quite as well. But one of the common things with the Bethesda games, maybe over the past decade, decade and a half, is that they're loaded with content, right? You think Fallout 3, uh, yep. you know, Skyrim games of this ilk, right? That just have just a filthy amount of things to do, but they don't either don't run well or they have like kind of a lot of glitches or like random things that you're like really feel unpolished a lot of times you know and that's kind of how i feel about mlb the show at this second where there's so many fun things to do like we play co-op all the time co-op like 3v3 you can go online and play 3v3 it's so funny you know because there's you know when you play 1v1 against people you're frustrated really easily right? right and so now they have like a system where you can literally team up with your friends and take on people online with your best players and stuff and it's so fun and so hilarious except like half the games end because like the game freezes up you know it's like because there's like or, the, the internet's the, you know like it doesn't get aligned properly and then the game's just over or like there's random glitches as far as like uh you know so so there's a fun one yeah. where
2: we pick a picture and then the wrong picture shows up for two of the people oh, so yeah. Um, I was playing with two of my buddies, uh, two of our mutual friends the other night. Um, we got Paul Blackburn as the starter, but Paul Blackburn looked like Shohei Ohtani. Um, so I'm watching Shohei Ohtani throw 93 like Paul Blackburn. So we, we, we decided, so it looked like Paul Blackburn for the one guy, but it looked like Shohei for me and my buddy. And I think the opponent, it looked like Shohei too. So we said, OK, let's put Shohei in out of the bullpen. So Shohei comes in out of the bullpen and on our screens looks like Paul Blackburn. <laughs> and now you have Paul Blackburn throwing 100 with a splitter and the slider. It It's hysterical. So yeah, there's
3: fun things like that. But like, you know... <sighs> Ideally, think because that breaks the game, right? Like, you can't really continue once that happens. Like, it doesn't work properly, right? Like, the game is going to freeze up and not understand what's going on because of, you know, errors and stuff. So, like, there's a lot of, like, kind of wrenches thrown into, like, an otherwise really great product where it's like, love the game, love playing it, spend so many days playing it, but, like, just. It needs a polish you know maybe that comes in the next few weeks of you know this is the first time they've done co-op on this level maybe that's just a the thing they got to do but yeah um i would like to see some more updates and you know tweaks and fixes because there's so many things where you know you're having a great time and then something just flat out does not work the way it should and when you're paying sixty dollars for a game or seventy dollars for a game and you know they're you can list off the number of things that have just gone wrong and kind of ruined an experience. You know, that that stuff adds up and it gets kind of frustrating. Yeah. So that that is my primary negative. It does not stop me from playing it.
2: But no, this has yeah. been a very good iteration of the yeah. game. You know, I'd certainly give it God, I give it a nine out of ten. Honestly, like this if it's is just purely pretty,
3: for content. You can't ask for a better sports for game. Content,
2: you can't ask for a better yeah, game.
3: sports sports game. Like, it's the it's best you're ever going to get. Like, I I, I feel co- totally comfortable saying that. It's just
2: and, you know, yeah, and it's a good team working it just, on. It. A very, they got a very good team yeah, there. A
3: live content team. You know, shout out to those guys are killing it. But you know, I think there are tweaks that need to be made. Maybe in you know the net code or whatever it qu- requires, and some of the UI maybe to get kind of everything on the same speed as that content. You know, because it just feels like there's so much content being pumped in the game they don't even know what to do with it. You know, so uh, I'll yeah. hold back from calling it the perfect game. You know, it's more of a eight out of ten that's wh- for that's me. Where the 9 yeah. Is for. so yeah, um, but it's been a lot of fun, and obviously. Very helpful and fun when you have other people that are, you know, know how to play and can play with you and, you know, can lead you kind of in the right places and stuff. So if you do want to burn a month on something, I think there are much worse things to burn on. I think it's a lot of fun, Um, you know, just. And, and especially for you who hasn't done this in a long time, you know, we're going to get into some our backgrounds and that stuff, but uh, I think you'd have a lot of fun with it and you don't need to be an online gremlin in order to have fun with it. Right. You know what I mean? That's,
0: that's the big yeah. thing, right? That uh, offline mode uh, is pretty important to me, especially because yeah. I have small children that uh, right. don't exactly. need to hear online language. Exactly. Or, but then again, they don't need to hear my language when I do poorly at something True. baseball yeah, or right either. That, so, but... We'll see. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, so going off of that, let's let's get into some of our favorite baseball right. video games. Um I have quite a few that I like to go, you know, back on, but you know, I'll I'll start with you, uh Lewis. You know, what are some of your favorites? What's what's your background? All right. So, um
0: I my growing up, my dad had old Stratomatic, you know, the dice baseball. Oh man. Yeah, we we would yep. play that. Uh, he he tracks that. He still plays it. Um, he's got years of records built up because he's just like us. Uh, I get it from somewhere. <laughs> um, but we had uh, Tony Larusa Baseball and Tony Larusa Baseball Two is the one that I remember playing um, most with with my dad on old Windows ninety five. Um we we'd play that uh quite a bit growing up. Um and then backyard baseball. Everyone played that at some mm-hmm. point. Um, right. And uh the the other one we were late to the party, but Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, yes. baseball on N sixty four. Oh, that
2: is one of the right. absolute best. That
0: was that was me and my brother's main um that first person like Tony Roosevelt Baseball 2. There is that swing aspect of it. Um to play. Generally, we didn't play that way. We played sim version, yeah. right? We we'd build a team, we'd see how it turned out. Um, yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. was call, call me junior was the uh the main main way we played. That oh, was
4: such a classic um,
0: growing up. Uh and then uh the the only other one since I got to, to college, I'll 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 admit this. Um back when we did the old our our baseball podcast, the old classic one, like <laughs> twenty twenty fifteen,
2: mm-hmm. uh twenty
0: fifteen <laughs> to twenty sixteen. Um has a lot of fun doing that podcast, but we'd interview. Uh, all three years, off seasons, we'd interview someone from OOTP, yeah. and they'd send us a free code. Oh, nice! I gotta get back so on that, so don't those me. are the OOTP games <laughs> I would play nonstop in the off season. Yeah, um, you mentioned that offline play—that was a big thing um, at the time. I, I was moving around some pretty remote areas without uh, internet access, right. despite it being the 2010s. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played a lot of offline OTP, um, and that that was really uh, the the latest game I, I got to play. Um, as far as modern baseball games go, I still love OOTP Oh yeah. Um, and my guess is I'll be buying the newest edition
2: at some once point once I get
3: a new computer and have some it, time. It's
2: worth getting, right? It, it's pretty good. Yeah, I
3: think uh, we we mentioned kind of the pitfalls of MLB will be the show and other major sports titles but otp has done a really great job of filling the franchise mode void you know with all the numbers and stuff yeah. so that's definitely I've, I've been typically wait a little bit into the year you know and and grab it but that's it's consistently good and i'm with you on that so it's a lot of fun
0: yeah, I, I mean, I I really enjoy like I said, I grew up on that simulation aspect, yeah, right? Same. I like building a team. I I have not been a big let's swing the bat, see mm-hmm. if it connects. Um, I kind of wish I had cuz that kind of seems uh a lot That's more fun, fun at this point, <laughs> you know. Uh it seems pretty fun. Um, but that was really that that management ex- aspect was the big one i had um and and so that was uh that was what i've been playing recently and really what has got me in the game uh and kept me going through the off season previously before i i had this podcast to really yeah. talk talk through um these things with yeah. i think
3: i think yeah, yeah go ahead so-
2: yeah, I was going to go to you, Dylan. What what were some of your yes. favorites uh, growing up in So I think
3: there was a King Griffey Jr. baseball on SNES, if I'm not mistaken. If it's not, it was labeled something else. But um, that was kind of my first exposure to a baseball game with Super Nintendo's, Nintendo's version of it. Um, that's the game. I forget if it's the NES one or the Super Nintendo version of it, but there's like a meme of like, it didn't have a lot of like real players in it you know because it wasn't like with the mlbpa or whatever so it was like a japanese company coming up with fake american names so i don't know if you've seen that list before but it's like names that look vaguely american but are like nonsensical you know it's pretty funny um but that was that was a great kind of introduction there and since then i went to the you know, Griffey Jr. Slugfest or whatever that was called. And for the N64, that was a great deal of fun. Um, And then you get in kind of the more modern simulation titles, Um triple play 97 or the triple play series, I think was EA's game there for a little while. I just remember for some reason, 97, 98, the most Um all-star baseball was kind of the turn of millennium. Um, yeah. That was one where I really grinded the franchise stuff a lot because you could, if you picked the twins and did a fantasy draft, you'd get the first pick. So I just, you know, build off of that basically. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think, and then that kind of led into like the MVP era, I guess, right, of the middle 2000s, uh, MVP 05, which oh, I think yeah. is mm-hmm. considered. One of the game best of all ones time. ever still played to this greatest day, which is time. which is wild. You know, people just mod that game because it's so plays so good. And
0: well, I mean, you, you mentioned it like developers really concentrate on these money making modes. Back then, there wasn't the online play. So right. it really was who can put the most into the game? And there's a lot of competition, <laughs> you know, yeah. which
3: most games don't actually have now. You know, it's mostly one developer, for better or worse, making the biggest of these games, you know? Um, but yeah, that was that was huge. You know, it felt like a complete kind of game back then, um, you know, even without the online stuff, and there's plenty to do. And I, I distinctly remember, you know, in 05, like, you know, there were development players right or like you know you could develop players kind of like you can now where like otherwise might not be very special players but you do the right things and they're 99 and the big guy back then for me was william opena where like i felt like every time i had william opena on my team he turned into like sammy sosa basically he just turned into like a slugging god and was otherwise just a very flash in the pan slugger of the middle 2000s but was like a god tier you know franchise draft pick in uh mlb 05 so um and you know i've, I've played a lot of the recent ones but i kind of had to take a break for a while because i didn't have a ps3 so i didn't have like the kind of early show games i guess um yeah so once the like between the ps2 and ps4 I kind of was out on baseball. I just didn't have any to play, I guess. I guess there was the 2K games, but I never owned one. Um, but yeah, and it's kind of been a happy rekindling with the show and OOTP over the last eight years, give or take. So it's been it's been a good ride since. Nice. Pat, what
4: about
2: yeah, you? So for yeah. Me, yeah. So for me, growing up, uh, Ken Griffey baseball, obviously, was 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 the go to. I I loved that game growing up. Um but then, you know, I took a huge you know, I played MVP Baseball uh 2005. That's still like the greatest MLB game of all time to me. But I took a break from baseball games for like 5 6 years um after MVP Baseball 2005 came out uh simply because I was, you know, Kingdom Hearts was the big game during that time that i would play mm. nonstop, stop um so that always took up my time i was you know and then oblivion morrowind you know games like that um but then i picked up mlb the show 10 um and this was the one where joe marrow was first on the cover Loved that game played franchise mode like crazy had some insane franchise mode sims you know i think i was I would usually always either play as the Phillies or the Yankees or the Pittsburgh Pirates, because I always liked rebuilding the Pittsburgh Pirates. And as a kid, I'd make myself as a pitcher and throw myself <laughs> on the Pirates and see how far I can get them. Um, and then um, MLB 2K10, uh, this was the 2K game that had Evan, Evan Longoria on the cover. Um I always made myself a pitcher in that as well, but we give myself the most insane arsenal, so I'd give myself a one hundred mile per hour fastball, and my secondary pitch would be a forty eight mile per hour ethos <laughs> so I'm just <laughs> pumping one hundred and then throwing in this ethos to get guys out um just real fun, stupid stuff you could do in the two k games um and you know you know once two k uh went under. I just played MLB the show nonstop. Um been playing Diamond Dynasty uh since 2019. Uh you know, then I'm also a big fan of the out of the park series. You know, I love making like a fantasy league, um, uh, like a my own teams in it. Um right now I've got like a 40 team fantasy league I'm playing through. And you know it's fun to see a league you build, develop um yeah. and grow. Uh so you know you no, know, those are just the games that you know I grew up loving. Uh, but man, MVP Baseball '05 yeah. was a special game, and you know Backyard Baseball as well, and uh, Super Mario Brothers right, Baseball yeah. too. I guess that, that was is, fun.
3: That's another kind of like one that they haven't yeah. made in a while, but I know it was really popular. Um, yeah,
2: that was fun. Wii Baseball, yeah. Also I wanna, fun.
3: as far as a recent game, I want to give a shout out. I haven't played it as extensively as MLB The Show, but Super Mega Baseball. And this is this also goes for oh, yeah, you, Lewis. one. Super Mega Baseball is not like an MLB game, but it's a it's a you know baseball game that it has its own. It's more of a cartoony style game, but it's really a lot of fun. It's like a really well put. Th- it's like kind of the opposite, right? It's not like a content. It's not tons of content or anything, but like just a really well put together fun experience you know which might work really well it's more of an arcade style baseball experience and uh it's that that game is really really quality and i think mlb of the show has actually picked up some things that has improved that game because of super mega baseball i think there's been three installments of that because of that game's existence so that's that's another really good modern title that you can probably pick up for not too expensive mm-hmm. off, you know, your Xbox Live Marketplace or PC or Steam. Um,
2: yeah, that, that like game 10 is bucks.
3: awesome. Um, and the other yeah. thing, you know, I think Backyard Baseball is kind of like the game that everyone has some history with. <laughs> like, even if you're not right. a baseball right. game person, which is always fun. Like, I remember playing it a little bit, but. I wanted to shout out. There's a TikTok user. I don't know how many of y'all use TikTok, but thirty, about to be thirty-one year old he uses TikTok. Um, there's a there's an account called I think it's like Pablo Sanchez the Goat or something like that.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh! And yeah, I know exactly which account this, you're he's uploaded. About. Like,
3: these like clips where it's him playing uh, backyard baseball, but it's like montages that he makes of his team. You know. And they're like they have like the Halo music blasting in the back the entire time, it's, and it's like incredible. you know like it's just like meme montages basically of like Pablo Sanchez and King Griffey Jr. as a child hitting jacks and with, with the Halo fight music you know playing in the back, and it's just like it's so funny and it makes you like man I want to play that game again you know so I highly recommend that if you if you want an extra dose of nostalgia because. I didn't realize I would be as satisfied watching a video as watching Pablo Sanchez hit a home run with the Halo music in the back and then getting the Call of Duty <laughs> hit marker every time the ball hits the bat. It's so good. It's like it's like all your childhood <laughs> things bundled into one in a in a one minute package. It's it's sick. It's, it's, it's great. really great.
0: Now, we're talking about baseball video games. I feel like we would be remiss to not mention the most frustrating game and most entertaining baseball game every off season. Winnie the Pooh home run uh,
1: Oh I'm my so god!
0: Every year, without fail, during the off season, someone someone will remind me this exists, uh-huh. and I will spend way too much time. Wasting my life,
3: still stored on
0: trying to beat Christopher (laughs)
3: Robbins still stored on some Japanese flash game site somewhere. And it's just one, it's like, oh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, you know. Like, you get to hit home runs, and then you're just like, what? Like, you spend 20 minutes trying to beat that guy, and you're just like, you just question it all at that point, right? Like, you're just this game beats you down like no other sports game I've ever experienced. It's crazy, and it's super fun and addicting.
2: I can't wait for the Blood and Honey mod <laughs> the to blood. come out
3: of <laughs> That's a great uh, one. Shout out to whoever made that game. How the, how does that game exist? Uh, I, uh, I know nothing no, about it's, it, it's yet it's we've violated it. <laughs> uh,
0: yep. According to Wiki, has... from Wikipedia, mm. the uh, Winnie the Pooh Home Run Derby is a 2007 baseball video game developed by Walt Disney Japan. Mm. At, see, that's that's where Ooh. we get these high level of baseball games that yeah. other sports don't Disney, get Japan. because Japan exists.
2: Chat, <laughs> yeah, out Japan. Well, they decided to combine Winnie the Pooh, baseball, and Dark Souls <laughs> into one game. <laughs> what if... A baseball game, like You imagine? Yeah. If ju- uh,
3: imagine so if Japanese companies could make football oh. games. Maybe we'd actually get good football games, you know?
2: Uh we'll just get blunt. Oh, uh, for those who are uh, mm-hmm. Warhammer fans, <laughs> uh, but so with that, you know, if you could develop the perfect baseball game, you know, how would you develop it? What would you throw in it? For uh, I'll go
0: yeah. to you first. Man, this. oh man! I, I mean, like OOTP is as close. Like, like I said, I grew up major, majorly being in on sim games um ootp is as close to that perfection as possible um i would i mean i'd really want to focus more on that offline play i'm an offline play type of guy i i'm not a big fan of online play when i play competitively against people i want to win but i do not have the time to dedicate to becoming good at um online games like some people do so um online play just leaves me frustrated because I'm not good enough. So, uh that offline play uh is big the the only only other thing would be that really high quality franchise mode um like road road to the show or a franchise mode on the show that gets the attention that Diamond Dynasty does. Um those would be the two things that I would really value in a in a
3: baseball game. Yeah, I think ideally in my world.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I definitely, you know, I yeah, I think I think yeah. the
3: OTP thing we're all going to agree on because it's just so hard to find like a hard, like a better version of that for like a simulation type of experience, right. you know. And, and at the foundational block, any sport, right. And uh, I think the foundational block of this theoretical game would start with OTP for a lot of people, cool, you know, where you feels like you're getting that franchise, uh, element, you know, of like simming and managing. But then add on the kind of different game modes and actual gameplay experience of MLB the show, you know, on top. Right. So like you can combine if you just combine those two games, I think you're at like 98% mm-hmm. of the way there, you know, it's you don't need a whole lot more if you have the kind of yeah. complexity
4: that OTD offer with the game.
0: Hey Pat, are you there?
4: Yep, yep, we're good. Yep, yep. My
2: internet went. No, no. So put there no, for a no, moment.
0: Dylan. Dylan cut out. Oh, Dylan,
2: Dylan cut out. Uh, shoot! Oh no, we but lost him. It was Dylan. right
0: at the end. He was
2: bringing us home. He was bringing us home. Uh, that's okay. You know, I'll I'll fill in with Dylan saying here. You know, definitely. You know, combining you know the out of the park experience. Oh, there's Dylan. Oh, th- th- there was Dylan. We lost him again. He's he's gone. Closet has it. Uh, plays Wade so great.
0: Oh, hey Dylan! You just cut out for like that entire speech.
4: Did he cut out again? I think he's he's gone. He's in the he's he's, in the he's drinking beyond. beers with Wade Boggs right now. He's, he's drinking beers with Wade Boggs. Uh, Shoot.
2: Well, yeah, you know, I'll 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 sum up with Dylan saying here. You know, definitely combining MLB The show with you know, those graphics and that, that play, uh, with the, oh, um, sorry, the sort of franchise <laughs> most. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. You like cut out yeah. for your entire speech. Okay.
3: Where do you know where I left off? <laughs> you might
0: need to, you not might need to Louis. start from,
2: okay. Yeah. I like agree where with Louis with the yeah. O T P.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Do you want to do a clap track real quick? Is that the best way of doing this?
0: Yeah, probably.
3: Okay. All
4: right, I'll do it.
3: Three, two, one. So like Lewis was saying, taking OTP, which is our complex, amazing offline experience, and then adding MLB the show and its gameplay and the different modes. I think that's kind of that gets us like almost all the way there. And there are some things you can do that maybe add more arcade access, right? Like, think of, think of how much fun you used to have with those old-school backyard baseball King Griffey Jr. games. There's probably still more to mine from there. Just like, I want to play for 20 minutes and have a good deal of fun. I think there's still more that can be done on that front if you're not on a modern baseball game. I think Super Mega Baseball, maybe take pieces of that, um, which is a more arcade experience. Like, I think there's just, like, amalgamations of these games that already exist that would really work well together, it's just a matter of how do you get these things to work out together, and, you know, because if you take, like I said, take the spreadsheets and all the stuff that goes into OTP, and you add the pristine gameplay of MLB, the show, I think that's, like, the best sports game ever made, and that's just it, you know?
2: Yeah. I, I definitely agree, you know, what you summed up is how However, I However.
3: No, that's... We should take notes from MLB Slugfest of the two thousands and say you can start attacking players on the mount. I think that's also an important thing oh, that man. we're missing in baseball. That games. would be
2: incredible. But man, with the MLP the MLBPA would never <laughs> go for that, but it would be incredible.
3: You don't want your players assaulting each other in digital form. Ah oh, no. That makes one of us
2: that's what I like about the <laughs> NHL games is that you can just throw That's hands true. It's with still every, everyone.
3: Part of hockey. Well, I mean, you know, like we, we got some basic yeah. clearing bras this week. You, don't eh, don't you know. whitewash our game with you know don't it's it's a Le- legalized fighting yeah, legalized in MLB. Play, you know? if, if like I said,
2: it, it's safer than taking a pitch O-T- to the T-
3: head. Plus MLB the shit percent best game ever. Two percent though is fist fight. it's the fighting. <laughs> oh yeah a hundred
2: percent that's what we need a hundred percent yeah
3: more fighting solves
2: everything Yeah. well you know this that's i think that's a great way <laughs> to end this off is more fighting absolutely solves everything. more
3: fighting and uh, all of it
2: damn perfect commentary from Dylan as always. <laughs> well, thank you Dylan and Lewis for joining me uh for something, you know, video games are a big part of my life, so I appreciate having you guys here to talk about this and go over the new game and talk about games of the past with me.
0: Oh, thanks. Thanks for bringing us on, Non Patton. Thanks for uh inviting me even though I haven't touched a baseball game <laughs> in years. Uh and don't don't really <laughs> it's sadly not not just part of my existence right now but may the month of may that glorious existence be between, for you
2: you're getting between
0: in finishing my masters and my third child being born that's that's the key right <laughs> yeah i'm not if i'm that not too busy the sleeping the entire month true. that's
1: true uh, <laughs> well
0: hey you know what let's uh, let's right. make things easy for nime let's just cut to credits right here yeah uh thanks pat and dylan uh rain delay radio is executive produced by me lewis our editor is the wonderful Nime. today's episode was hosted by me and dylan and pat both segments worked really well together thanks guys for being on here with me our theme music was composed by chuck Leese. Rain Delay Radio releases every Monday morning, bright and early for your morning commute. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye!
4: We're sorry.
0: Wow. I said ready and then I had to check what episode. 120.
1: All right.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have to write down all the intro stuff or I, I screw it up every time. I don't think we need to take more than like 15 for this thing coming over. Good.
0: Yeah. I just thought it was worth separating. Oh, yeah, for sure. From the main episode. Here's
4: my sheep. stupid channel. This is
2: what fun
4: with Kurt. We Kurt tire you out? Later.
2: Grogu (laughs) big going from the kitty cat Grogu
4: Alright On account of Grogu